Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Well, Dove called me on the phone from Israel the other day, and he had a, uh, a group of people that were coming over to uh, a Bible study at his house. He said, Ray, would you pray? over this group of people that's coming to my house. They're in Israel that's coming to my house. And so, uh, you know, we both wanted them to receive God's word in his study. So I prayed Hebrews 4.12 over them. Hebrews 4.12 is the verse that says that God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It has the ability to pierce its way into your heart. So I prayed that over them. Well, the next day, Dove called me back, and he said that this group of people assembled together before coming to his house. They got together because they desired some kind of an extra special anointing of understanding before they got to Dove's house. And so they all got together and said, we need to go to God's word and we need to find a verse that's going to drive this in for us. And guess what they settled on? Hebrews 4.12. And Dove was so excited. And when they got to the Bible study, he said, that's the verse that Ray, my friend in, in Texas, prayed over all y'all. And they said, well, this is the verse that we landed on, and now here we are. And it excited them, and when he told me, it excited me. So I thought that was just really, really cool. And so um, it was awesome to hear that God works between an America and Israel like this. And also it answered my prayer that I wanted to experience God not just being in the pages, but the real person that he is, who is directly involved with my life as a friend. You ever pray and it gets confirmed back to you? Those are some good prayers right there when they come back like that. So uh, I want to pray the word of God to penetrate our heart this morning by the same verse while that blessing is still fresh. <laughs> Let's be partakers of it as well, uh, that the word of God pierces our hearts and we receive it in the spirit. Father, thank you for what happened uh, with the people in Israel. I may never ever get to meet them, but Lord God, we had a connection through you. And it, it flowed from here to there and from there to here. And uh, wow, Lord, just great stuff. You're real. And so uh, uh, thank you, Lord God. And I ask for the same thing over everybody here today that we receive it like that. And thank you for being with us, Lord, as a friend. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just excited about that. That's just really cool that things like that happen. Joshua 19, we're talking about Simeon and Zebulun. And we're reading from the New King James Version. Uh, Simeon's inheritance with Judah. Uh, and so 19 and 1. The second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families, and their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. They had their inheritance, Beersheba, Sheba, Molada, Hazar, Shual, Bela, Ezem, Eltodad, I'm sorry, Eltolad, Bethul, Horma, Ziklag, Beth Markaboth, Hazar Susa, Beth Lebeoth, 
and Sharuhuin, 13 cities and their villages, Ain, Rimon, uh, Ether, Ether, and Ashan, four cities and their villages, and all the villages that were all around these cities, as far as Balath, Beer, Rama of the south. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families. The inheritance of the children of Simeon was included in the share of the children of Judah, for the share of the children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore, the children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of that people. So the Bible has told us now at least maybe three or some odd times that it's within their inheritance. Show that map that I've got ready. If you can look and see the inheritance of Simeon is right here inside the inheritance of Judah. It's in in the middle of it. So Judah had more than what they needed, and so that's why Simeon's inheritance is placed within, inside the inheritance of Judah. And every time I saw that map, that always got me. You know, Texas is not inside another state. It's, you know, its own little border kind of thing. It's kind of weird to put a state inside a state like that. So you might ask, why place it in the middle like this? Why stick it in the middle? Well, there's some troubling things that happened with Simeon, the father of the Simeonites, in the past, and a prophecy was given by Jacob in order to deal with the trouble that Simeon had caused. So that being the case, first of all, we need to know what Simeon, the father of the Simeonites, what he had done that was so wrong that's going to affect this placement of their inheritance. What happened? The trouble started way back in Genesis. Uh, where Dinah, uh, if you recall Dinah, she was violated. She was raped by Shechem. Jacob heard about it, and his sons heard about it, and it made them in, extremely enraged. They were very mad about it. But Shechem's father went to speak to Jacob to look for any way possible to resolve this out. His boy messed up. It's like, I better go do some damage control real quick. So he goes to Jacob to try to make peace with Jacob's family over this. He knew his son messed up, and this is going to start a war. I better do something before anything bad goes down. He's trying to do what he can to salvage anything he can of the situation over what Shechem did to Dinah. But Jacob's son said, we can't make any deal with those who are uncircumcised. We're not going to make any agreement with an uncircumcised people. But we'll make a condition with y'all. Have all of your males circumcised like we are, be like us, and then we'll make an agreement for peace. You do this, we'll come to some kind of an agreement. But look what goes down in Genesis 34 and 24. It says, And all who went out of the gate of his city heeded Hamor and Shechem his son. Every male was circumcised, all who went out of the gate of his city. Now it came to pass on the third day when they were in pain that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, see they're Simeon guys, okay? Two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, each took his sword and came boldly upon the city and killed all the males. And they killed Hamor and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered the city because their sister had been defiled. They took their sheep, their oxen, their donkeys, what was in the city and what was in the field, and all their wealth, all their little ones and their wives, they took captive, and they plundered even all that was in the houses. 
Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And since I am few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed, my household and I. Golly, this went wrong. (laughs) This went down bad. This didn't go good at all. They took advantage of these guys. They make a deal. Okay, we'll do it. Then they went and killed them because they're not able to fight. So we know that Dinah was violated, and we know that was wrong. But God's word says, do not repay evil with evil. That's what these guys did. They repaid evil with evil. Shechem's father, all the males, everybody, they were willing to pay a heavy price for the sake of keeping peace over what Shechem did. They were willing to do anything. And so Jacob, he's infuriated with Simeon and Levi for barbarically destroying these Shechemites. That was not the right thing to do. Yes, Dinah being violated was wrong. We're not discounting that one bit. But what Simeon and Levi did, they they made a situation that was just about to get better, a whole lot worse. It could have got better, but they just inflamed the whole thing. Simeon's swords were only supposed to be for defense. That's what it's for, defense. But they used them as weapons of violence in how they treated these guys. They took advantage of these men being weak. It was not a fair fight. After they, you know, they entered an agreement with them to be circumcised, they go in there and kill them. And not just them, but their houses and their children. And their Come on. That's a little bit much, don't you think? And so Jacob is seriously upset. And he resented the way that Simeon and Levi conducted themselves, not because of their anger against Shechem's violation of Dinah was unjustified. I can completely understand why they were that mad. I mean, you want to eat a bowl full of rusty nails if that happens. You're you're mad. But this? No, not this. Because of how furious and cruel that they were when they killed the Shechemites, who were trying to make peace. Jacob pronounces a curse and speaks a prophecy against Simeon and Levi in Genesis 49 and 5. He says, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. Let not my soul enter their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger, they slew a man and in their self-will, they hamstrung an ox. Cursed be their anger for it is fierce. And their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. There's the pronouncement against them. I'm going to divide them and I'm going to scatter them. That's the prophecy that went down for Simeon, Levi. Now the curse on them, he says, cursed be their wrath. And and, and the prophecy where he says, I will divide them in Jacob and I will scatter them in Israel. Look at the map again. Looking at the map again, you look once more, it's right in the middle of Judah's territory. Now, being placed within Judah's land is going to cause the tribe of Simeon to incorporate itself into the tribe of Judah. Being in the middle, you're going to start incorporating into Judah. You're going to start being like them. It's, it's kind of like if you take a sugar cube and you drop it in the middle of a cup of coffee, that sugar cube is going to dissolve into the coffee. Okay, that's what's happening here. They're inside of Judah. It's going to cause them to be divided, scattered. They're not going to be their own tribe anymore. You see the prophecy playing itself out right on the map, don't you? That's why they're put in there like that. 
They're going to lose their individuality as a tribe. And rather than having their own territory of inheritance, being placed in the middle is going to cause the tribe of Simeon to basically phase out. And they're going to be scattered. They're, they're not going to hold well in there like that, being surrounded by Judah. They're going to integrate and work out. So Jacob's prophecy of I will divide and scatter them is now starting to become true based on where their inheritance is placed. Now, if you notice also in the map, the territory of Simeon is kind of small. Uh, The size of territory was based on the tribe's population. And so what we can gather from this is is by by the time they entered in the land, Simeon's sin had caused his family line to, to be not as prosperous as other tribes had become. There's bigger tribes, you can see it. They got land area based on their population, and population is based on blessing. God blesses you, you got a big family line. These smaller tribes are not quite as blessed. You can see that also in the, in the map too. Uh, just like the Reubenites, they were not as numerous as Joseph's line of Manasseh and Ephraim. You can see the difference there between Reuben and the size of Manasseh and Ephraim combined. It's much different in size because Joseph... He's the father of Manasseh and Ephraim. He sowed faithfulness into his family line, but Reuben and Simeon, they sowed violence into their family. They, Reuben violated a girl in Israel's bed. He got a pronouncement put against him on that, and now Simeon, you can see it playing out in the map. And also, Reuben, he's east of the Jordan. He's more exposed to the enemies. It's not a good place to be put. <laughs> the map tells all, doesn't it? You can read that map according to how it, how it goes with what these, the fathers did. The end result of being sinful is being stripped of blessing. That's for any of us. The end result of being sinful, willful sin, is you get stripped of blessing. And actually, you have to pay a good price for things like that. Now, I can talk to people about repentance till I'm blue in the face sometime, and they're like, okay, whatever, you're just being churchy. You're just thumping your Bible, but I'm trying to warn them. You keep sowing that sin out there in your life. You will pay for it later when you don't want to pay for it. I'm trying to pronounce blessing on people, but to get that blessing, you got to repent and get right with God. And so it's displayed in the map right here. And the tribe of Simeon is in the middle of Judah. It's going to be divided and scattered. It's eventually going to dissolve into Judah. That's what's going to happen to Simeon because it was prophesied to now to further the data on this curse we can see in moses census that moses took a census we can see that simeon is very small in numbers 26 and 14 it says these are the families of the simeonites 22,200 now when you look at the numbers of the other tribes in numbers 26 they were anywhere from 32,000 to 76,000, if you look at all the counts. I went and looked at all the counts of all the tribes, 32,000, 40-something thousand, 76,000. And so when you have 22,000 of Simeon, they were about the smallest count of them all. That says you are not quite as blessed as the others. <laughs> as Israelites, they still have blessing they could partake of, but in the sin that caused the trouble, the blessing is kind of stunted. Don't stunt your growth. And this is what happened to Simeon. Guys, now's a good time to get right with Jesus if you're not right now, because you will pay for it later if you don't. But also, if you get right with Jesus, he will pay you in blessing. And it's quite tremendous. It's awesome. And so the tribe of Simeon was omitted from receiving a blessing from Moses in Deuteronomy 33. That's just a quick little fact right there. But Joshua did not, Joshua in casting the lots, he did not omit the Simeonites from receiving a blessing. 
okay, you're cursed. You were omitted from this blessing in Deuteronomy 33, but Joshua probably knew all this, but he says, I'm still going to throw lots for y'all. He didn't cut them out. You know, let God do the work he's going to do. Don't try to do it yourself. <laughs> that, is a, that is a curse that God plays out. And, and, and Joshua, it says, look, you get an inheritance, inheritance we're going to throw it, but the lot fell, boom, right there. And so Joshua did not omit the Simeonites from receiving the blessing. He did not cut them out of receiving an inheritance, but it fell for the Simeonites to remember the prophecy that Jacob had pronounced on them being placed in the center of Judah, which would divide and scatter them. Now, I said last Sunday, when prophecy is spoken, God is going to bring it to pass. And this is something not to be scared of, because a lot of people, they look at the scary prophecies and they freak out. Hey, look at the good ones too, that if all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, okay, good. You believe that. God's going to make it happen. All right? Take comfort in that. God is going to make it happen. And God controls the lot that is thrown. And here it goes. It all goes down for the Simeonites all this time later, all because of what happened a long time ago when they butchered the helpless Shechemites. Now, what we Christians can learn from this even today is that it's okay to be angry with sin. If somebody had violated my sister, I'm sorry, you'd have to hold me down. I get that. And it was wrong for what they did to Dinah. It's okay to be angry at sin, but when that anger is allowed to boil over without restraint, now you're the one in trouble. When the anger gets too far and you, you kaboom and you blow up, too big. When something causes you to blow your top and you act on unrestrained wrath, you will end up multiplying pain for yourself and onto others. We've got to get control of our tempers. Us guys, we got to get control of our tempers. Well, I'm Irish, and that's just the way we are. We just blow our top. And that's, I'm enti- it's like you're entitled to it. No, you're not. <laughs> you're accountable to God's word. Well, I'm Italian, where I'm this, where I'm that. I've heard it. Everybody's claiming their heritage it allows them to be like they are. Well, if you're looking for excuses to be ungodly, that's your problem. I'm giving you reasons to be godly. Proverbs 29 and 11 says, A fool vents all his feelings but a wise man holds them back. Hello, social media. Oh, I'm so mad at this. Hey, hush. At least Christians, be quiet. You don't need to do that. You're not convincing anybody. Somebody tearing up this, uh, this uh, politician on social media, they're not going to change my, <laughs> the way I feel about anything. If <laughs> you, you really think you're changing any minds, you're not. You're just being a powder keg. A fool vents his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. You don't need to tell everybody how you feel about everything, especially when you're mad. Well, I've got free speech. Of course you do. Yeah, but the Bible gives you better than free speech. <laughs> it gives you self-control because self-control will promote peace in your life. This popping off everywhere, it doesn't promote peace. Anybody with hot tempers, and I've got one, okay? I have one. I have a bad hot temper, but I also have self-control. And that's a war that goes on. And usually self-control wins. Sometimes the hot temper does. You know, that's my fault. Um, Get control of these tempers like like the Simeonites. They couldn't keep control of their temper. They had the right to be mad, but they didn't maintain control of their composure. And now look what's happened to the whole tribe of Simeon. They're in trouble now. They're going to be scattered and divides. Something, Something bad happened to the Simeonites, yes. 
but when they slaughtered a repentant and helpless people who wanted to make reconciliation and wanted to make peace, now whose problem is it? Now it's the Simeonites' problem. Now they're the ones in trouble. And because of this, irreparable consequences are now following the Simeonites all through the centuries into their inheritance, which they are soon going to lose. You know, I always tell people, You've, you can choose the sin you want to commit, but you never get to choose the consequences that come with it. That's the hard part. You never get to choose those consequences. They come up on their own. So we should always keep a cool head. Yes, sin can make you angry with righteous anger. There is such thing as righteous anger. That's biblical. But be careful to distinguish the sin from the sinner. Be careful to distinguish the sin from the sinner. I know people who are willful sinners, and they're just going nuts. And it, it, it burns me up, but I'm not going to let it get to the point where I hate them, because when I sit in front of them, I still have to remember that Jesus died for them as much as he died for me. And I have to tell them the gospel, even though what they're doing just burns me up. I still got to be loving, too. Because we, we've got a problem in culture today. We get so upset. We get so mad at people for what they're doing that we forget to love them. What if God forgot to love me? I'd be in trouble, guys. We've got to remember this, this spouting off thing. Now, there's another lesson that we can get out of this story from Jacob's statement in his prophecy when he says this, let me not enter their council and let me not join in their assembly. Basically, do not take advice from powder kegs. People that explode all the time, don't listen to them. Don't let them guide you. Don't let them tell you what you ought to do. They can't keep it together themselves. He, Jacob is like, because of what you guys did, I'm not entering your council, and I'm not going to be in your assembly. You can't keep it together. And so what I'm building us up to is that angry people destroy people. You ever heard the term, Dove always says this, hurt people, hurt people. <laughs> hurt people, hurt people. That's what they do. That's all they know. Angry people are unstable, and they do not exhibit self-control. Why is self-control so important? Why am I building up to this self-control issue? Because it's proof that you have the Holy Spirit of God. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control, fruit of the Spirit. You pop off and blow up all the time? Are you showing people that you have the Holy Spirit? You're showing them probably, maybe, that you don't. We've got to get control of this, guys. Bad company corrupts good character. This is biblical. And hot-tempered, hot-headed people should be avoided. Just dodge them, guys. Well, I've got to work with them. Well, there's a way to dodge them in the sense, even if you've got to work with them. Show them your composure. Actually, when they blow up on you, just be calm. Don't ball up your fists and get ready to fight and go into defense mode. Show them Christ. Show them the fruit of the Spirit. I think that uh, the Simeonites would have done good to act like this themselves. Simeon and Levi, they were often mentioned together in the Bible as pairs. Simeon and Levi, Simeon and Levi. We saw Jacob do it. He said, Simeon and Levi. It's, it's kind of like there were these two siblings that provoked each other into fights all the time. Like any of you with kids and you got two kids, they just fight, 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 fight all the time. What do you do? You got to separate them. It's like, oh, those two, those two. It's kind of like, yeah, Simeon and Levi. Yeah, Simeon and Levi.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.